Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Dad a Podcast. So this week I have with me a guest out of the Nashville area. He is a songwriter and singer and all-around awesome guy that I am really happy to be talking with today. And I am talking about Drew Ryder Smith. He is a country music singer. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. He has a lot of really cool stories. And uh, it's just a fun episode that I think you're really going to enjoy. And if you stay tuned till the end, you will hear one of his songs after the interview. So make sure that you stay tuned and listen to that afterwards. As well as listening to the end. That way you know what's coming up next with the show. And for those of you who are here just to listen to the Drew Ryder Smith episode... Welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes we have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. So, where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch-me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so... <laughs> Seriously? I felt like it was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers really? certain people. Yeah. Bloop. Wow. I was actually lost as an independent, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro. Get punched in the face on the daily... Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? <laughs> what? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So today I have with me a guy that I'm really excited to have on today. Um, he is a country music singer. He is also a music producer and an award-winning professional songwriter. He owns the Gray Sound Recording and he's also the author of the Before You Record course. And I am talking about Drew Smith. Man, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I am. Like I said, I'm really excited to get to talk with you today. Yeah, same here, buddy. Really looking forward to, to doing this for a while. Yeah, we. Uh, I think it was last week or something like that. I reached out just to make sure, you know, everything was still good and, uh, you uh, told me that you were excited to come on, and so uh, that made me smile. So I'm, like I said, this is going to be a lot of fun. Heck yeah, man! I'm, I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while. We we talked right before we started. There, I, I think you got a great concept. And as soon as uh, as soon as my publicist told me about, it, I said, "Yeah, let's absolutely do that one." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, she's like you said. We were talking before, and uh, she's a really awesome person. You know, uh, she's brought a lot of people my way. Uh, and uh, I, I love working with her. So I, I'm I'm very appreciative of all the people she sends my way. Yeah, same here, man. I've, I've been real blessed to uh, get to meet some some cool people like you that otherwise I would have never met. Right. Doing this podcast, I have been able to meet so many cool people and people that I probably would have never met before, you know. And so I, I love that I'm able to find all these different types of people and kind of, you know, give them a chance to kind of tell what they do. You know, I, I, I think that's a really awesome side of having this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I kind of want to just jump right into things here. Um, how did you get into being in the music industry? 
Man, it was, uh, you know, I've, I've been in it all my life. I mean, since I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I, I guess really the first time I ever saw a nitty gritty dirt band on Austin city limits, mm-hmm. uh, I went, wow, that's, that's what I want to do. And, uh, man, I've just been trying to run it down ever since then. And so, uh, started playing guitar around 10, mm-hmm. started, um, started writing songs when I was about 12 or so. Oh, wow. And then as I got older, I just, I kept getting serious about the songs. Even by, you know, 15 or 16, I was, I was really, really trying to hone in on songwriting and, uh, really trying to learn as much as I could about it. And then, uh, eventually moved to Nashville and, and I'd been playing around town for a couple of years, I guess, a few years, something like that. And just kind of trying to build my network. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing writers rounds around town and playing down and that sort of thing. And then uh, 2010, I signed my first uh, my first full time songwriting gig with uh, with the publishing company. And so, uh, wow! It's ever since then, man. I've I've just been just been going at it as hard as I can go. <laughs> well, it's really cool because uh, I I know you've won some awards for some of the songs that you've written and stuff. But I kind of want to get into something that you just said a second ago. You've been writing songs since you were 12 years old, you said. Yeah. Well, I'm not claiming that any of them are good. <laughs> but uh, but especially the ones back then were were really terrible, I'm sure. <laughs> what was the first song you ever wrote? I have no idea. I know that um, it is it, it is in a notebook somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I had these uh these thick note notebooks mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I would just I would write and write and write in them. And my mom still has those somewhere. I haven't seen them in years. I, I you know if if she pulled them out of the closet or wherever she's got them hidden at tomorrow, I would uh, I'd run from them. I'd be I'd be too afraid to <laughs> to look back at at uh, the things that I wrote back then. Well, I mean, you know, you change over time, and it's funny looking back at. Uh, all those things and those ideas that we had when we were younger and stuff. And you're like, man, what, what was I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff I look at and I go, you know, I don't think I was thinking at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I know you've worked with some, actually some pretty big names. And one of the ones I want to bring up is actually my mom's favorite country music singer of all times. And that's Merle Haggard. How was it? Yeah, man. How was it working with him? Oh, he's, he's, he's brilliant. You know, yeah. Merle was, um, he was absolutely the legend in person that he, he is from a distance. Yeah. You know, um, just in, in every aspect, really brilliant guy, brilliant songwriter. Mm-hmm. He wrote every single day. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's gotta be rough to end, do. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think when you love it that much, it's it comes pretty easily. And Merle, you know, the 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 thing about him was he, uh, you know, much like Waylon and and Cash and those guys, mm-hmm. uh, Willie even, they weren't um, they weren't really they they weren't trying to live up to industry standards. They were right. they were writing songs that they genuinely wanted to write and that they genuinely wanted to perform themselves. Yeah. And so they were never they were never in a, a position where they, you know, for 20 years or whatever, 
wrote what they thought was going to work for the radio and for the record label and for the fans. And then finally said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to write what I want to write. That Those guys came from a time when that was what they always did. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, Haggard was, was no exception to that. And yeah, he wrote all the way up until the end. Wow. Uh, he would write at least just a song a day or at least a part of a song Yeah, uh, a day, but yeah, phenomenal guy. Um, I grew up listening to his stuff and, Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle got me hooked on him. Uh, he had a he had a Merle Haggard uh, autobiography on tape, and and uh, Haggard was, um, you know, they would they would stop, and Haggard would tell stories and things like that. But he he played that. I listened to it a couple times. It's several hours long, and I just my God, man, this guy was a real deal, and I've been in love with him ever since. And so to. Um, to have done some shows with with him and for him to you know he recorded one of my songs and right um and and for that to happen you know when that happened i kind of thought you know maybe i should just quit while i'm dead <laughs> a dream <laughs> right there come much, true <laughs> yeah man it doesn't get much bigger than that right yeah well and i know that you've uh written songs uh for people like randy hauser and a few of the other ones that i was reading and wow you you've wrote some pretty big songs actually i've been really really blessed man i i, I really have um as as a writer the things have have gone well for me i've i've done just well enough to stay alive and stay around and um you know i've i've always had an interest in in being an artist as a matter of fact the first the first deal that i signed my first songwriting deal mm-hmm. they signed me as an artist writer and uh the, but the the songwriting really started working out, and I started getting cuts, and and things were happening, and and so I kind of turned my attention more to that because I thought, all right, well, that's what that's what's working, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna really embrace it, right? And I I wish now that I hadn't done that so much because um I I really think that there was there was room and opportunity to to continue to focus on both. But it's hard. It's two. It's two very, very different worlds. You would think right. that you know the two are, um, are, are constantly attached, mm-hmm. and uh, that that they run parallel lines, but they don't at all. And so, uh, but you know, it's it's fine, man. Because I again, I have I've been very blessed as a writer, and and um, I still have plenty of plenty of stuff that I want to say, and right. I've got the opportunity now, and finally taking it to, um to say those things myself right yeah I, you know you've uh started coming out with uh songs like i've listened to uh all the ones that you've put out on spotify and uh i have to say i love all of them i think Exodus is probably my favorite one that you have um great song me and my Thank wife you, have listened to uh, your stuff multiple times and you have a a very unique sound to you and it you know uh I love hearing your songs. So I'm hoping that maybe here in the near future, we'll have even more music coming out from you. Oh, you definitely will, man. There's a, there's a ton of new music coming out this year. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, a whole lot of it. So we just released three that you, you know, the, you, you were just talking about those. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, X's came out in September and, um, uh, X is man. It's consistently one of my very favorite. Is it? Songs. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it's a, it's a newer song. And, and again, I just put it out in September and, uh, late September. And that's kind of how it works. The newer stuff you seem to, it's like, it's like the first six months of, uh, of dating or the first mm-hmm. six months of marriage. 
you know, <laughs> and then, uh, then after a while you go, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you're really in love with it for, for the first six months or so. And so I'm still in the in love stage with X's. I still love to perform in it. I'm, I still love, uh, hearing the tracks. Right. Uh, but yeah, tons of music coming out. Got an EP coming out in April. Oh, cool. I'm really looking forward to X's will be a part of that. And right. Some of the others. And then a couple of new songs as well. So lots awesome. of music this year. Awesome. So who would you say are some of your major influences in your style? Mm. You know, I mean, this is, this is going to be, it's going to be weird. I'll go ahead and warn you. But, I love it. Um, Let's hear it. Haggard and Don Williams and, okay. um, uh, and Guns N' Roses and <laughs> um, Tom Petty. Okay. And Steve Earle. And, yeah. And, um, then the the kind of in between guys like uh, I love the Eagles mm-hmm. and um, I, I love so many of those guys their solo projects as well Don Henley stuff especially yeah um, uh, Jackson Brown John Prine and those are all very different styles you know but I think <laughs> yes. but I grew up on all that stuff man and 90s grunge too my mom was really into 90s grunge so my parents really listened to everything. My dad listened to a lot of classic rock and the singer songwriter stuff like John Prine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and he, um, but like I said, plenty of, you know, classic rock stuff as well. And then mom, you know, she was, she was really into country Dolly Parton, Merle Haggard, Don Williams, those guys. And, and, right. and but she loved guns and roses as well. And, uh, and then got into the nineties grunge stuff. My parents went to concerts all the time and they were married for like 10 years before they had me so they had they had all this this space and time to be able to go out and do stuff like that but they're both uh independently just huge music lovers mm-hmm. and i i really feel like when you're born into that and there's all that stuff all those different styles and genres kind of being stirred around uh it's it it, it all gets infused into you yes and so really i think uh, but the ones i named are pretty much the the main ones that uh I, I could you know listen to all day every day yeah that's cool i you know i i love hearing that because i, I hear so many different things uh doing this because you know i've had other um singers on here and stuff i i love asking that question because you never know what you're going to hear <laughs> yeah yeah there's um you know i've seen interviews with other people man and and it's i'm the same way i'm i'm almost always surprised by their answers yeah you know um brett eldridge Mm -hmm. you know to when he he first came out my roommate was playing bass for him i kind of accidentally got him that gig oh and uh yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, we both almost ended up getting a gig. Uh, I was going to play guitar for Brett and he was, uh-huh. he was playing bass. And then, um, and I got my deal. And one of, uh, one of Brett's managers was a publisher here in town that knew me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, I mean, you, you can't, you can't play for Brett, man. You just signed a deal and it's your first deal. And it's really important. And right. I can't, I can't let you take this gig. There's a guy named Brad Kennard and he was really sweet about it. It's got to be yeah, heartbreaking, though, right? Did, yeah, it was. It, it was at the time because I was. Um, I knew that Brett was 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 going to blow up, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I I remember one of the first interviews I heard with him and him talking about his influences and uh, you know, so he was 
very heavily influenced by Sinatra. Right. But at the time, everything that we had heard from Brett Eldridge was nothing Sinatra-like. Yes. And now he really leans into that more, and it is it is killer. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. he uh, He's probably one of my favorites because of his ability to do that. I mean, every year around Christmas time, he's one of the main ones that we play for Christmas music in my house. You know, I'll I'll be honest, man. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Christmas music, but uh, Brett Eldridge is one that I will listen to. Yeah, because he just blows me away right every time. Yeah, that stuff that he he cut at, uh, I think it was at the Ryman. Okay, uh, it might have been at the old Opry, uh, or the uh, rather the the new Opry, uh, right? The grand what they call the Grand Ole Opry House. Mm-hmm. But you know what a great band, and man, he really leaned into that. That's Sinatra Christmas style, and it was was really, really great. It works so well, especially with his voice. You know, there are certain people, they have to have a certain type of voice to be able to pull that off, and he definitely has that. Yeah, man. Like, Brantley Gilbert can't get away with it. (laughs) Right, yeah. I can't get away with it. (laughs) Yeah. Kenny Chesney couldn't do it, you know. You're right. It's, it's It's a very unique voice that it takes to do that, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm one of those, I, I try to take appreciation from all types of music and stuff. So it's nice to hear people be able to kind of mix it up and, you know, put different aspects in their music uh, from different genres. A few months ago, I had uh, Charlie Berry on, on the podcast. I don't know if you yeah. know him or not, um, but he, one of the things with him is punk rock is a big part and influence for him and his music, you know? And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's like I said, it's funny to hear that, but you know, I, I love that people are able to bring all of those things into their music and kind of mix it up kind of like a melting pot. It really is. And, and, you know, I think, um, guys like, uh, well, we'll, we'll use, we'll use Brett again as an example. Mm-hmm. I think that initially you don't always hear those things, but if, if an artist is given, the time and the opportunity to record yeah. enough material it all of that stuff eventually finds its way right into their music somehow it, it'll it eventually slip out somewhere yeah and it's usually a great thing you know when yeah. it does well and it's all about you know once they get in that comfort zone because you know I'm, i imagine when you first start out doing it you know you're like okay i need you have a certain set sound that you're looking for at that time And then, so you stay with that because that's, what's getting you somewhere. And then as you go, you get a little more, a little bit more comfortable and be like, okay, well, I want to play around with this and do something a little different, man. This, uh, this stuff that I've been cutting, uh, recently, the songs that you named that we've recently put out, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really been so much fun, uh, because there's, you know, myself and and my co-producer, Russell Jackson, we're, we're the only ones holding the reins mm-hmm. and uh, there's, there's nobody telling us what to do. There's nobody telling us when it's got to be done, or when we have to start and when we have to finish and what it's got to sound like. And uh, it's got to be under three and a half minutes and the tempo has to be, you know, none yeah. of that. Right. And and we're doing everything ourselves and it's the most wonderful experience that I've had. Like I'm, I'm, I'm truly, um, the happiest that I've ever been as an artist 
-hmm. and I hate that it's taken so long to get to this point. I've recorded a ton of music, you know, mostly demos, right? Um, because that's you know that's what's always paid the bills. Yeah, and you record those things, and uh, well, when you record those things, you're not thinking about you as an artist. You're thinking about okay, well, how do we make this sound appealing to a large number of artists? And so you're not you're not really looking inward. And so it's easy to, to get used to that. Yeah. And to go, okay, what's going to appeal to the masses? And I think the secret to, to really finding yourself as an artist is you've got to stop caring about that. Mm -hmm. you, you can't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. <laughs> and, and you hope that either way that they talk about it, because then it's getting talked about. Exactly. And, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've I've searched artists or bands because someone was like, these people are trash, <laughs> you know, and I'll look it up. I'll, I'll go, how trash is it? Let me let me tell yeah. you this. And I want to see how bad it is. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I, again, uh, either way, man, I think as long as people are talking um, that you're uh, you're doing something right. Right. So what is your process when it comes to writing a song? You know, I, um, that's, that's a great question. And I always appreciate it when people ask me about that, because I, I know that it's, um, it's, it's a very genuine question from people that, uh, that have never written a song or right. done any kind of writing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's also a fascinating question. And I, I, to this day, I love to hear interviews of people talking about their process. Even if it's a band or an artist that I don't particularly like, I'm very I'm fascinated by process. Right. Um, and so for me, uh, when it comes to writing, man, I, I've I did it for a living for so long, showing up four and five days a week uh, to either my publisher's office or you know someone else's publishing house, and you know writing songs with one or two or three other guys and and you know typically you just you all throw out ideas and really it's 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 always unanimous like you know what you're going to write that day because it's uh regardless of how many people you got in the room when you're going around you're throwing out ideas that you've been holding on to eventually someone will say one that everybody in the room goes that let's write that yeah and so you kind of you take off from there but for for me um as a writer, that's just, that's the process is I, I, I get these, I get these, you know, little ideas and I, I put them in my phone, uh, which is what everybody does these days. I can't imagine, uh, 20 years ago having to walk around with a notebook all the time. It drive me crazy. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I, you know, I jot my ideas down on my phone and then when I get in a, a room with somebody, that's what we do. We, we pitch each other ideas and the best idea wins. And that's what we write that day. And, um, but as far as my artistry stuff, you know, I've really been focusing on writing stuff that, that, you know, quote unquote, feels like me, if that makes sense. Yeah. X's was one of those songs. Okay. And, uh, the idea for that, you know, came from, um, something that my, my partner had said, she, she's, she's talking about leaving me, you know, and I was like, oh, you don't, we were, we were joking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't want to do that because then like, we're going to spend the next two or three months. Like you're going to call me in the middle of the night and I'm a sucker. So I'm going to answer. 
and then we're gonna like we're gonna go through all the awkward talk and then eventually we'll start trying to figure out where everything went wrong and everybody's gonna be upset and we'll be up half the night and then a few nights later we'll do it all over again and that's miserable so why don't we just skip all that and we'll just stay together yeah and that was really where the idea for the first verse of that song came from was you're gonna call me uh and i'm gonna pick up and we're gonna talk it about it and cry it out and say it's better this way and it was all those little sentiments and so that's um that's typically my process man is like it can be just one little idea and then my mind goes on a tangent yeah and it just kind of takes off and so um that's that yeah that's it for me man uh my head things in my brain move pretty quick so that's awesome and, you know, I mean, it, I, I feel that some of the best songs are uh, stuff that, like you said, it relates to you, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, experiences that maybe you've even been through, you know, uh, you can draw from that. And uh, inspiration is a big part of songwriting. I've written maybe one or two songs um, because I, I grew up in a musical family oh, and things yeah. like that. Nothing big, you know, we won't. We, probably nobody will ever hear those songs ever but you know i've done it because like <laughs> i said i've come from a musical family but it always i feel that when it comes from a experience that you've had yourself is where it's the most heartfelt and it flows yeah absolutely absolutely i i think 99 percent of the time that's the case for me sometimes i um Sometimes I have to hold on to things for a while because I'm too close to it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've gotten pretty good about, um, about tempering myself. And sometimes you can't help it. It's, sometimes you're in that moment. And like you said, it, it just falls out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it just falls right out of the sky and, right. and it, it, it has to be written. Yeah. And, but other times I've, uh, I've made sure that I give myself time from, you know, whatever situation is going on. Um, usually the tougher situations are the ones that I, I tend to give more time to, and I try to get a few months out of it. Yeah. I really let everything, you know, just allow myself the opportunity to process before I start putting things on paper. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Because after you process, your feelings may change a little bit too. That's true, man. You know, and uh, <laughs> in the uh, the right or wrong situation, however you want to look at it, you definitely write write down some things that you regret later. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say is probably your most favorite song that you've ever written? Man, that changes all the time. Uh, I, we were talking before we started here and I was telling you that country radio seminar was in town last week. And so I did, I don't know how many interviews I did, but it was a lot. And, uh, and I was asked that, you know, several times over several different days. And mm -hmm. I think I probably had a different answer just about every time. <laughs> um, but man, I think the truth is probably my favorite. I put that out, uh, 2021 october of 2021 okay and uh i had really really been going through some stuff man and 
and uh it, it had been it had been a tough year it had been a tough summer especially and that fall was rough and just a lot of things happening uh personally mm-hmm. and the the world was was crazy then too because we were kind of like half open half closed still right yep in in 2021 and you know things would kind of open up and then they'd they'd pull back and be like all right now that's not gonna work and <laughs> yeah. um and everybody suffered from that you know so that on top of all these other personal issues and so i i uh i sat down and i wrote the truth and man it was um for me uh it it was it was me looking for repentance yeah and um it's the it's the most honest song i've ever written out of you know i know i've written well over a thousand songs and out oh, of wow that, that's the most honest one yeah 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 I'm, I'm telling you man i've been at it for a while and uh um but that, that's by far the most honest song that i've that i've ever written and uh with writing that and flushing all that out and um and 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 not just that but also to put it out in the world mm-hmm. um man some serious healing really started right and uh I think there's a lot of things that you keep for yourself. Yes. And that was, that was a song that I think, I think initially uh, I probably thought, well, nobody will ever hear this mm-hmm. except for me. Cause it's too personal. Right. And, and by the time I finished it and had recorded it, cause I wanted to record it for no one else, but for me. And so by the time I did that and I recorded it, I think there was um, at least part of me that decided that um, to put it out into the universe was also part of letting go. It was also flushing that stuff out yeah, and just, just getting it out. Yeah. And so I put it out and uh, it was a terrifying thing to do, but I'm so <laughs> glad now that I did. And that's an excellent song too, by the way, that's a, that's another one of the ones that I've listened to quite a bit. And um Hearing you say that, you know, music can be very therapeutic, especially when you're writing music or playing music, even, you know, I know that there's been days where I would come home and just play some music, you know, work on something that I was creating myself. And like I said, there's therapy behind doing that. For sure. Yeah. For you, Jared, I know you said you've only written uh, a couple of songs, mm-hmm. so I'm sure you can relate to this. I sometimes just just picking up a guitar, yep. not trying to write anything, not just picking up a guitar and just tinkering around, mm-hmm. not singing, not doing anything, just tinkering. Sometimes, man, that's that's the absolute best therapy for me. Yeah, my partner, uh, when when I get busy with uh i wear a lot of different hats but um uh, when i get busy with more of the the admin type stuff Mm -hmm. um that that comes with you know being an artist and also the songwriter part and all that when i when i'm working on that kind of stuff or working on a website or what whatever it is that is taking me away from actually playing uh for more than a few days she will eventually say you you need to 
you need to take a break and play guitar tonight. <laughs> and the first few times she said it, I, you know, <laughs> I was like, why? What, what do I need to play? I've been playing guitar for, you know, 20 years, whatever, longer than that. And uh, she's like, no, you just, you need to play. And it's because I start getting irritable and I start getting weird and real heady <laughs> about stuff. And that's what it is. And it's, yeah. um, it's such a part of me. Uh, and it's not just habitual. It's not just a habitual thing. I really think that, like you said, th that uh, it's also, it's a part of me just unwinding. Right. And just getting rid of the day or the week or whatever. Yeah. I know that you have your own recording label. How did you start that? Um, I mean, really just out of necessity. It's not a, you know, it's not a big deal. It's it's really just for, <laughs> for paperwork. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you know, but um, but I've got my own studio. Okay. And uh and I do work with a lot of uh other artists uh in, in my studio, which is great. It's it's really a blessing to be able to uh, to work with with you know not just on my stuff but with other people and not have any kind of constraints right um and uh, i'm not not real concerned about you know watching a clock or anything if something takes a little longer than anticipated then yeah you know whatever it takes to get it done and to get it right um that's so that's nice. a, that's a huge yeah yeah so that's a that's a huge blessing man yeah. but uh as as far as the label goes i don't um but it's it's more of a, it's more for tax purposes, really, man. So, <laughs> the IRS is listening. <laughs> so you collaborated with uh, a lot of people writing songs for them and things like that. Who are some of the people that you've actually worked with? Oh man, tons of people. I've written with uh, John Anderson, mm -hmm. who was great. Um, you know, he he wrote, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I should be ashamed. He wrote Seminole Wind and so many of those songs, a lot of them, you know, by himself and, uh, or with, you know, one other person, but John's a really great writer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, th I think he wrote straight to Kilo Knight as well, but, uh, guys like that, you know, all the way to, man, I feel like I've written, um, with, uh, I feel like just about everybody, but I know that's not true. <laughs> After you do it for a while, you go, yeah, man, I've written with everybody in town and that's not really, um, it's not, not really how that works, but, um, yeah, he's, he's probably been one of my favorite ones, man, just because he, that guy's such a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, tons of friends, newer guys include like guys like Elfie Shane who just came off of a, a big number one last year, uh, with a song called my boy. Okay. And, uh, that thing went right up the charts on, on yeah. at country radio and um really proud of him, man. He's he's working hard and he and I've been writing songs together for a long time. That's cool. So talking about John Anderson, um, I actually know a guy, it's one of my dad's really good friends, in fact, because my dad kind of used to be in the country music scene when he was back in his twenties. And uh, he actually. Uh, I'm knew sorry, it. you had to go through that, man. <laughs> well, that was before me. I was my dad was 45 yeah. when I was born, so he was All done right. with oh, that okay. portion and everything. Uh, but by the time I was born, he was pastor of a church, so things have changed a lot since then. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, was friends with a guy who actually uh, was one of the bands at Gillies down in Texas, 
and wow yeah yeah and his name was um jimmy wayne hydrick and i believe it was jimmy wayne and the bourbon cowboys was the name of him and his band and they were i, I guess they were pretty good friends with john anderson that's really cool man yeah he uh i think he's retired out in like uh, south carolina or something like that now but I remember growing up and him being around and telling stories and all that about playing at Gillies and things like that. Buddy, I've heard some, I've heard some wild stuff about Gillies, especially, <laughs> especially like the, the, I think the older the stories get, the the better they get. Like yeah. the earlier in time that they happened. Yeah. I mean, it was wild, man. It was, oh yeah. <laughs> it was really wild. I've heard some, some of the vets I've, I've, been real fortunate to to be able to work with guys that have been around for a long time and man to hear them tell stories like that is really incredible and yeah i, I bet your dad and and uh and jimmy wayne really got some some crazy stories oh for sure and uh, he's he's told me a few you know i don't know if he wants me to tell some of them on on my podcast and everything but yeah you're you're right there there are crazy stories for sure <laughs> yeah man so do you Speaking of stories, do you have uh, any stories that have happened to you since you've been doing this that uh, maybe oh, yeah. you want to share or something? Yeah, yeah, plenty. Um, <laughs> I, what what kind of story you want, Jared? Because I got all kinds. <laughs> Speaking of um, John Anderson, so uh, he, I think, I think that I was writing with him this particular day. I, mm -hmm. I could be wrong about that. Um, so we we wrote together more than a few times mm -hmm. um but he was he was kind of in this circle that i was with anyway however it it worked out that day uh i ended up uh I went outside to smoke and whether it was john or if i was writing with someone else it, it ends up being on the front porch uh of the the publishing company that i wrote for at the time which is right here on music row and uh we're out on the front porch and I'm smoking. It was myself and uh, a guy named Tommy Townsend and, and uh, Tommy, Tommy was the guy that Waylon basically handpicked before he died and said, Tommy, you know, when I'm, when I'm done here, you, you've got to take the band oh. and uh, you got to take over and, and keep these boys working mm -hmm. when I'm gone. And Tommy's done that ever since. Um, so it was myself and Tommy Townsend, just to give you some context. And then uh, a guy named Billy Joe Walker Jr., who uh, produced some sides on me years ago. Billy was a huge uh, producer here in town. He he, We lost Billy a few years ago. But um, he's really done a ton of stuff. Travis Tritt, Dixie Chicks, uh, to mm. Brian Adams, to like just all kinds of stuff. Really, really incredible producer. And then John Anderson. And uh, so we're all standing around on the porch and, and – uh, myself and billy are smoking and we're all just kind of catching up and and john and tommy uh knew one another and uh and he knew that tommy had taken over Wayland's band and you know john's been around long enough that he knew all the original Wayland guys and he knew Wayland. right you know he and Wayland were pals and mm -hmm. and so um uh they're talking and kind of catching up and billy and i are just sitting there listening and, and uh and so John Anderson says, uh, he said, Tommy said, uh, oh, Mooney still playing with you boys. Mooney was a guy in Wayland's band. <laughs> and, uh, 
Tommy said, no, sir. No, uh, you know, Mooney died a few years back. John said, <gasps> well, I guess Mooney ain't playing with you boys no more. <laughs> <laughs> and man, it just, it fractured all, all of us. Yeah. And, uh, and John wasn't even trying to be funny. You know? Right. He's just a good old country boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good that's good <laughs> he was probably you know just as casual as can be too i could, I could definitely picture that that's great <laughs> oh yeah yeah he was so matter of fact about it you know like it was like it was the thing to say yeah <laughs> true man he's a funny guy that's cool so do you have a favorite place to perform live uh i i can tell you the 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 my favorite place that I've ever played was Ryman Auditorium here okay. in Nashville. Yeah, and that place is just it's historic and legendary, and uh, you you could call it a lot of things, but it's it's where you know so many so many great artists have played, mm-hmm. and it's there's nothing like that stage. Right, the best of the best have been on that stage, and so. um to be able to do that was a really, really wild experience. I, I bet, yeah. So much history there. I mean, all the way back to to Hank Williams Sr. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and 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 it's been everybody, everybody since then. You know, yeah. everybody that's ever had a name in this town mm-hmm. and in country music from Hank Sr. forward, and yeah. so. Uh, to to be able to be on that same stage was really really crazy yeah so i've been to the ryman one time it was for my dad's birthday i don't remember which birthday it was we went to the ryman and i saw craig morgan there and um it was one of the first times that miranda lambert had ever played at the ryman and the song that she sang was uh, me and charlie talking and so you know, I was like, wow, man, this is really cool. One. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so my middle name is Charles. And so I was like, yeah, she's singing about me. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, of course, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, after- you know, I, I didn't want to say anything, but I've heard rumors that she's still hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so after that show... I we went back to our hotel, which was really close to the Ryman, and uh, we drove by the lobby. And for some reason, I could have swore I saw her in the lobby. And so I was like, "I'll be back." I told my parents, "I'll be back here in a minute," you know. And I went up there to look. It wasn't her, and I was really bummed out. But I thought I saw her in the lobby, and I was going to get to meet her and be like, "Hey, I'm Charlie." So <laughs> <laughs> you could have changed history, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What did you so how old were you when when you went jared oh i think i was probably like 15 or 16 so she's she's a little bit uh, i think she's a little older than me but you know oh that's okay yeah that's all right but you were you were old enough to even if you didn't know the history of that place mm-hmm I'm sure you were old enough then to to feel it. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I grew up watching Randall Opry with yes, 
Uh, I, I grew up watching it with my grandpa. Uh, he would, yeah, man. we would watch Grand Ole Opry and we would watch Hee Haw. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when I went there, I was like, this is really cool. It's a, it's just such a different place, man. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a sacred place. Yes. I almost don't even have words for it. It's, uh, but for guys like you and I that grew up watching it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, to be there. It's a real thing, man. It's yeah. uh, it's my, it's my, da- uh, my daughter said it's a, it's a, it's a vibe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are saying nowadays, right? That's what the kids are saying. I was real blessed, man, that I had, um, when I first started playing downtown, mm-hmm. uh, I was playing one Friday night and, uh, or was scheduled to play one Friday night. And I, I called this guy that was, um, that had been playing bass for me a lot. I said, Hey man, uh, Friday night, at, you know, what? whatever place it was here on Broadway and uh, the 10 to close shift. And he was like, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, Hey, um, I'm playing the Opry that night at the Ryman. So if I come in a few minutes late, don't worry. I'm, I've, I haven't forgot about you. I'm not flaking out. I'm just, I've just finished at the Ryman. Yeah. And uh, I was like, really? I think he was playing for Andy Griggs or something at the time. Okay. Anyway, he, you know, he shows up after the Ryman, but that night when we finished playing, like I said, man, I'd really, I had just come to town and really just starting to, to get my feet wet. Mm -hmm. And so I was fascinated that he had played the Opry at the Ryman before he came and played cover songs with me for four hours for a bunch (laughs) of drunks and tips. (laughs) <laughs> and so so i was like man what's it what's it like what's it like being on that stage and he said man he said you know i'm just now he said it's incredible he said but i'm just now getting to where i, I i'm really able to enjoy it and appreciate it he said the first few times that i played the grand Ole opry he said i was just so taken back by it mm-hmm. and overwhelmed that I couldn't, he said, we, we finished. And he said, I was halfway home before I realized that I, I didn't remember anything from it. I had no idea what I had just done. Wow. And, uh, he said, so, you know, now after playing it several times, he said, it wasn't until after, you know, it wasn't until I played, uh, Grand Ole Opry a few times before I was able to calm down mm-hmm. and settle down enough to to be able to really enjoy the experience and to appreciate it. Wow. And I thought, wow, man, that's crazy. And <laughs> for whatever reason, that stuck with me. And so when I played the Ryman, I, I had a conversation with myself because I was pretty worked up about it. It was a sold out Ryman show, you know, and, and, uh, and I thought, okay, man, this is, this is not the place to, to lose your mind. You got to <laughs> calm down yep, or else you're going to miss it. You're yep. going to miss the whole thing. So just be cool <laughs> and you can be excited afterwards. Right. And 
so thank God that, you know, Cliff Hagen had that conversation with me years before that, because I would have been the same way. I would have went out there and been so overwhelmed by the situation and the feelings and the emotions and the history that I would have, I would have missed the entire thing, man. Well, thank goodness for people with the, uh, the experiences that we can, you know, kind of get advice from them on that. that. That Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you, Miranda was there. Who else did you say that you watched there? Uh, Craig Morgan. That's right. Craig Morgan. Yeah. I, I got a great Craig Morgan story for you too. I was, um, I forget which record this was that he was working on, but I mean, he had already done almost home and he was, he was a few records in and still doing really well. Uh -huh. And uh, his producer at the time, maybe still produces, you know, I'm not sure a guy named Phil O'Donnell. He wrote for the same publishing company that I was writing for. And anyway, Phil came in uh, one afternoon. He said, Hey man, I said, uh, you want to come over to starstruck tomorrow? He said, Oh, Craig's cutting a bunch of stuff over there. And, come just check out the session just drop in and i said yeah man absolutely and i went over there uh the next day drove over to starstruck and uh walked in and said hey i'm here for the craig morgan session and so they took me back there and i went in the studio and uh the whole band is out in the live room and i knew most of those guys you know the a-list players you know mm -hmm. and uh but I didn't know Craig and I'd never, I'd never been around Craig Morgan, but he's in the vocal booth and, uh, he's doing what, we, what we typically call a scratch vocal. Okay. And so the purpose of that in the studio, when you're cutting tracks is basically just to give, uh, the band just some audio cues. Yeah. Usually, you know, they, they have, um, we've got these boxes where you can control, everything that you hear so if you want more drums you can turn this knob and it turns the drums up if okay. if a guitar player is you know knocking your head off in your headphones you can turn that guitar down so a lot of times those guys will turn the the vocal down uh-huh um, not off but just turn it down where they can just hear vocal cues right and um otherwise they're reading you know what, what's called charts and so uh He's in the booth, and again, you you never use the scratch vocal. Like, it's just not, that's not a thing. Yeah. Because you just go in there, you're just singing it just for the band. So you're kind of halfway singing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Right. Their parts matter. Uh-huh. And Craig's in there, and man, it sounded like the finished vocal. Huh. And I leaned over at Phil and I said, my God, man, I said, he, he did that in the booth. And he <laughs> said, oh yeah. Yeah. He said, we'll probably keep that vocal. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, yeah. We'll probably keep that vocal. I mean, he was, wow. dude, he, he hammered that vocal. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. I'm not sure that I've seen anyone. I'm almost afraid to say this. Uh, but I'm not sure that I've seen anyone as good as Craig in the studio just doing a scratch vocal. Wow. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's a couple others that'll come to mind later on, but yeah, man, he was that good. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a little while after that, cause I would have never imagined that, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
And a little while after that, I was uh, I was over at another studio here in town, and and uh, this guy named Billy Decker, he was mixing some of my demos, and I went over there to pick up some some mixes from him, and uh, I got over there, and Billy's Billy's in his room, he's sitting behind the console, and he's he's mixing. Uh, I don't. It could have even been the same record. I I don't know, uh, but he's mixing a Craig Morgan record. Uh huh. Uh, and I said, man, I just saw Craig in the studio and, uh, and I, I started telling Billy the same story about him being in the vocal booth, singing the scratch vocal that you almost, you know, 99.5% of the time you throw that, that vocal away. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and told him how good it was. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> said, uh, you know, Craig, he cuts his own vocals. Wow. I said he cuts his own, but he doesn't he doesn't even write his own songs, man. What do you mean he cuts his own vocals for his records? And he said, Yeah. Yeah. He said, Man, he's got uh he's got a little closet there at his house that he's got padded up, you know, some blankets and stuff. He's got a real nice microphone in there, a little preamp. And uh I send him I send him the the tracks. So I'll get him, you know, a rough mix going and I'll send him, you know, just a stereo mix of the tracks and he he gets in there in his uh in his closet and, uh, and 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 sings and that's what's on the record wow <laughs> it's just wild man <laughs> really unassuming you know yeah but, um but yeah stuff like that happens in this town a lot and it's it's just always really really cool to me yeah i, I i'm sitting over here just I'm enjoying this so much hearing all of this because that is, that is one of the coolest things ever, you know, and it gives me kind of a new, I already loved Craig Morgan. And so that gives me like even an, a whole new admiration for him and his music. It did the same for me, man. Cause I liked him. Yeah. And, and then when I experienced that, I went, this guy, <laughs> this dude is really a singer. Yeah. Like, he is no joke. A singer. Yes. Um, And there, Listen, I'm here to tell you, man, there are no record labels in town that's going to let an artist take the tracks home and record them in their closet. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. You just, you don't, you don't do that. <laughs> Artists don't, they're not given that opportunity for a reason. Right. But Craig is so good. Um, and he, he performs so well in a studio setting that uh -huh. they allow him to do that and i i don't know of anyone else that's a, that, <laughs> that they let do that that's crazy that that is really crazy yeah <laughs> well i mean it, yeah, I, so he's that good they, they definitely trust what he does and i mean it shows he produces good stuff he does and it's as an artist um i i I'm baffled by it. I'm baffled by it in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but also as an artist, because it is really, really difficult to produce your own vocals. Yeah. And uh, my partner, she's, she's good about keeping me in check about that. Like I'll, I'll put a vocal on something and I'll send it to her or play it for her. And she says, you know what? You do that better. Like in the kitchen. And oh she's right it's because you know you get in there and and it's um when i record my own vocals it's it's easy to get really technical about it and it yeah. loses some of the performance 
that right. would naturally happen in any other setting. Yeah. And so, um, so I've gotten better about that. You know, and you would think that I'd be great at it for as long as I've been doing it, but it's still, you, you know, artists are heady, man. Yeah. You, know, you grew up with musicians, you know how it is. We're, uh, we're weird folks. And <laughs> we, we all overthink. And so, um, yeah, yeah. It, the fact that he can, he, he does that and gets just great vocal performances by himself is really, most of the time you have at least an engineer um that can say man i think i I think you could do that line a little better i think you got a better one in you yeah and craig craig doesn't need that wow well and you you know hearing you say that um i was actually part of a band i played the drums for them for a while and uh it was a kind of a folksy christian music band that i did for oh it was probably about a year and the best that I ever played is when I was having the most fun. When I wasn't yeah. thinking about what I was doing, when we were just goofing off half the time, that's whenever I performed the best playing the drums. And it's because I wasn't in my head, you know, thinking, oh, I've got to hit this at this exact moment. You know, it was just me having a good time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> How just, you know, to care less. Yep. Seems to benefit you more. Right. It's a wild thing. Yep. And it's hard for guys like us. I mean, you get it. You're a musician. So you, you understand this. Like we're for, for all of your listeners that are not musicians, we're really precious about our craft. Yes. Whether we're a singer or a a songwriter or a guitarist or a drummer or a bassist, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're really serious about our craft. Yep. And we want it to be, the absolute best at all times. And when we're truly at our best is when we don't care is when we just let go. And it's a weird thing, but it's, it's so easy to fight it because you, 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 you want to sit there. I mean, you, you're the drummer, so you're the backbone of the band. Right. Right. Yep. So you, you are thinking harder than anyone in that band because if you derail, the whole thing goes Everybody wrong. Everybody derails. Yep. The guitar player can screw up. Mm-hmm. The singer, uh, I mean, he he could he could have a meltdown, but musically, everything else is going to be okay. Right. You know. Yep. Um, guitar player can screw up. You know, keys, whatever. Uh-huh. But if Jared messes up as the drummer, it's over for everybody. Yep. And so you're you're thinking harder than anybody in that band so you understand how natural it is to to fight letting go yes yeah and you know it it's funny because it's almost like another way of looking at it for me is like driving when you focus too hard on driving that's when you start to swerve yeah and so you know when you're playing music and stuff the more you let it freely flow from you, I guess you could say, the better it sounds, you know, it's, and same, like I said, with driving, you know, I, I drive better when I'm not thinking about it. I, I really feel like um, that is a, a testament, not to, I know you said, you you know, you were doing a Christian band thing, uh-huh. but not to get, you know, too religious. <laughs> um, I, I forget who coined that phrase, but. 
uh, you know, to, to not get too heavy on that. I mean, I think that that's a testament to, um, to how we're really just, we're, we're just kind of the, the middlemen. Yeah. You know, none of this stuff really, it's not our own doing. Right. I mean, we have to put the work in for sure, but we're just, we're just catalysts, man. Instruments, That's how I feel man. About songwriting. I don't. I, I've, I've, I've got nothing to do with any of these songs. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I I totally one hundred percent agree with you on that. Like, we're just instruments that's being played pretty much to, as a almost like a focal point to bring out that creative side. Yeah. And a drummer needs all the Lord's help he can get. That's for oh sure. man, yes, because <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the stamina to keep going. And you know, uh, I've done concerts in a park in the middle of July, and you know that was fun um, because you know it gets hot playing the drums. You're moving a whole bunch. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, do you play uh, many different types of instruments? uh man i play at things at things know, like yeah I, yeah i can play bass a little i can i can do a little bit on drums uh i i can do a little bit on mandolin okay but my my main instrument the only one that i really claim is guitar all right yeah uh guitars you know it, like you said it's a instrument that you can use just to kind of let things flow out of you um, emotion wise. And uh, so, yeah, I, I understand guitar. My favorite thing to play for me is the bass guitar though. I, I think it's the really? most fun. Oh, love playing the bass guitar. So much fun. What, what is it about that versus drums? Well, think? so I did get my on bass or did you start on drums? I started on drums when I was about seven years old. Like I said, I'm a pastor's son. So, um, we didn't have a bass player at our church, the Pentecostal church. So, you know, we got all the instruments and everything. And, uh, I, they needed a bass player. And so I just kind of was like, okay, I'll figure this out because we had other people that could learn how to play the, the, played the drums in our church. So I knew that it was the first four strings of a guitar. And, uh, my dad kind of showed me some basics cause he knew how to play the bass a little bit, but he played the, the guitar at church. So I picked it up and at first, you know, it was very basic the way I was playing. And I just started listening to the way other people were playing. And uh, we had a, another church that we associated with and I, I just watched their, their bass player and kind of patterned myself after that. And the thing that I like the most about it is not only am I keeping the rhythm for uh, the song, but I'm also getting to add my own flavor to it as well it's not just the beat there's some melody in there as well and so it's kind of a okay in my mind it's a nice mixture of the two okay i get that yeah that makes sense yeah so sorry that was a, a long way to say it but yeah i i love no, man all i've got are long answers <laughs> so i get i get it uh that makes sense so it's um you feel like you get an uh, something extra out yes. of the bass yes. being, being melody. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I would have never thought of it that way. 
Well, it, it's kind of that the thing that ties the melody to the rhythm in, in the way I look at it, you know, because it does do both. Yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, with the drums, it's the root. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So do you have any other hobbies that you like to do? No. No? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, this is it, man. This is all I got. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like watching NASCAR because I'm a redneck. <laughs> and, All right. Uh, um, you know, that's, that's on the weekends. And, uh, so I, I enjoy doing that. And, and then, uh, you know, my partner and she has a 10 year old, so I'm pseudo stepdad. And, uh, I love doing that. That's, that's kind of a hobby. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a I've I absolutely loved doing that. That has pretty much taken up all of my free time. Right you know, so uh not not a lot of room for arts and crafts or anything like that. You know, I I, I definitely get that. And being a dad, I uh one of the, my most favorite things to do. How, how many do you have, Jerry? I have two. I have a boy and a girl. Uh one's 11 and one's 12 so yeah they're uh they're right at that age to where they're starting to get attitude but it's not too bad yet yep. you know but yep. I, I still love it i i believe 100 that i was placed on this earth to be a dad yeah i don't i wouldn't say the same <laughs> uh i i feel like um most of the time i feel like i have no idea what i'm doing Oh yeah, and, no, one hundred percent. I don't know what I'm doing, but I love doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm supposed to be here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Reagan, so Reagan will be eleven this year in August, and um, yeah, same way, man. She's she's getting the attitude. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it 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 comes and goes in waves. Yes, but there will be. It feels like a season where you go, <laughs> my God, what is wrong with this kid? And then all of a sudden, like she's back. Yeah. You know, and like every, everything's cool for a while. And um, yeah, we're not looking forward to, we're not looking forward to the teenage years, but oh, yeah. man, she's a great kid. We, and she's, a, she's a ton of fun. Yeah. Super funny. And, um, and if she, if she really, really loves you, she has zero filter. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I'll, I'll walk by or something. She'll be like, you seriously wearing that? <laughs> you know, I, thought I, thought I looked good, you know, <laughs> things like that. It's uh, she's a trip, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. They are definitely humbling when it comes like, like what you just said, you know, they'll, uh, not even mean to sometimes and they'll put you right in your place and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, man. She'll knock me down with, like you said, without even trying to. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, wow. <laughs> so, but it's always, it's, it's hysterical. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I just have a few more questions for you before I get you off of here. Um, yeah, man. So do you have any goals that you have set for the next year or so that you are trying to meet? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is kind of a generalized answer. Um, okay. I'm sorry for that, but just as much music as I can put out this year, um, that's that's what I want to do. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm really just uh, really just trying to get things out there, and um, and we're off to a great start with that, and and it's it's going to get better. Um, I think we're eventually we'll probably go to radio later this year maybe even uh, later in the fall awesome um which, which will be great yeah uh, i think it's uh, kind of terrifying that's, uh, <laughs> you know you rely yeah. on them man and and uh whether they like you or not so um we've got that going this year and uh, man i just it's I, I realize that we're only a few months into it but man this has already been one of the uh, one of the better years that I've had. Awesome. And, and that's, that's, I feel like that's crazy to say because I've, uh, I've been blessed and had some, some really great years, but this one, uh, is already off to just a, a really great start. I feel better about things now than I have in a really long time. Yeah. So I, I guess the answer is my goal is just to continue that momentum and uh and continue to to hold and embrace that feeling and that energy right on i like it so do you have any advice for somebody who's trying to break into the music business go home <laughs> just go home and do something different <laughs> anything but this <laughs> is it a lot like the song crazy town like is that really the way it is there uh it's yeah it's, it's, it's pretty crazy is yeah. it <laughs> there's just it's such a it's so saturated i mean it's like um you're not you're not gonna go to a restaurant uh and, and be able to get a waiter or waitress that's not trying to do something in the music industry right you know yeah um I was actually yesterday or day before yesterday, we were uh, talking about this guy. Um, and I said, he's an engineer here in town at, at a really, really nice studio. Uh -huh. um, and he's doing really well. Anyway, I was, I was telling this other guy that I'm working with on this project. I, I said, man, Cam used, he used to make my coffee every morning. Yeah. He was a barista. Mm -hmm. he he was in he was in school he was 18 he was just a i mean he was just a kid and now he's out here killing it wow uh, i love stuff like that but anyway that being said um yeah it it's definitely like crazy town uh in the way that it's just, everybody here is either doing something or trying to do something i'm sure it's you know uh i would liken it to going to to LA you're not going to be able to go to a restaurant in LA yeah. get a waiter or waitress that's not trying to to do something in in the film industry right yeah so yeah it's it's pretty saturated but it, you know the i think the advice that i would give is that you know you just just always show up just keep showing up and um you know eventually and that goes for songwriting and that goes for if you're just wanting to if you're not interested in writing songs if you want to be an artist mm -hmm. or if you want to be a session player or you you want to play guitar on the road, you know, for, uh, for an A-list artist. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you've just, you've got to continue to show up and you've got to continue to, to build your network and to be seen. And even if, even if people are not seeing you do what you do, if you're a, if you're around and you're a really great hang, mm -hmm. you're going to get some opportunities. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So be, be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> Just be cool. I can't tell you how many how many guys I know and, and myself included that have gotten opportunities just based off of just being around and just being a good hang. Yeah. How often do you have it to where like somebody new will come in there and they just so that this is a wrestling term that I'm going to use, but uh, marking out. So they, they they just come in and act like a crazy fan. How many times has that happened in the past where they just mark out? when they get in there with you guys, man, it really doesn't that, that almost never happens. Really? Yeah. Okay. Almost never happens because if, if they're in the room, then there's a reason they're in the room. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, you're not like our publishers are, are not going to book you with us. If you moved to town last week. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's, there, there's, you know, a mutual respect that, that that happens there that's unspoken you know the if if you're in the room with somebody they're there for a reason yeah it's, they're doing something right yeah so if people want to follow you how can they do that i guess i guess just walk around behind me <laughs> that's a dad joke right there that's a dad joke <laughs> man i'm i'm uh i'm on all the things the the instagram and the facebook and uh the tiktok now trying to figure that out um <laughs> thank goodness I, I got some people that helped me out with that because i don't understand that that animal at all it's different uh it really is yeah but uh wherever you go on social media uh you can find me at drew Ryder smith and uh, the website is the same. It's just DrewRyderSmith.com. All right, man. And lastly, is there anything that maybe you want to say to your fans directly? Man, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. Um, I, this thing would have run out of steam a long time ago if it hadn't been for the faithful few. So I, I appreciate anybody that has ever listened to my stuff. Um, again, whether they like it or not, I'm, I'm still, I'm still grateful for the streams. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but especially to those that, um, that listen and that want to hear more and that tell their friends about it or that send me a message and say, man, I was listening to this the other day and it was really great. And, you know, things like that. Those people are so, uh, Man, they're they're so important to guys like us because sometimes they're the the only ones that are that are keeping you in it, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, it has been great having you on here tonight. I have really enjoyed talking with you. And I can't wait Same to hear dude. thank you, brother. Yeah. I can't wait to hear your new music that's gonna be coming out. Yeah, man. You're gonna be hearing it soon. All right. Well, you have a great night. You too, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, and here is his song that we talked about in the interview, X's. You only call me when 
You've been drinking or in the middle of the night I'm gonna give in and I'm gonna pick up Every single time We talk about it, cry it out And say it's better off this way Call me bitter, but I don't really think it's better off this way. It's just something people say. I'm gonna text you for no good reason Just to watch you burn me down Way too much history, so many memories Everywhere I look I see we're all over this town
took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-host, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah, and sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Are you in middle school? Or do you have a middle schooler? If you said yes to either of the above, then listen to me and my dad on our podcast, The Middle School Month. If you listened to us last season, we covered a variety of topics such as life at school, video games, and Sun even interviewed special guests like the head writer of the 10 News podcast and middle school teachers. And we are back for season two, and who knows what's going to happen while in the seventh grade this year. You can find our podcast, The Middle School Mind, on our website, themiddleschoolmind.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Drew Ryder-Smith. He was a great guest and a lot of fun to talk to. And I can't wait to see what happens with him next. And uh, maybe we'll be able to get him back on here again in the future. Kind of see where things are going. I know he said something about maybe doing some radio here in the next year or something. So I look forward to hearing his stuff on the radio. He's another one of those ones who I've been like, why haven't I heard him on there yet? Because uh, he is very, very talented, and uh, I was very happy to have him on the show. So, I've got some pretty cool guests coming up, as you've heard me say many, many times before. Um, Next week's guest will be Kurt Gannon. He is um, a wrestler for Control Your Narrative, and he wrestles in the Oklahoma area and a bunch of different other places as well. And I am very excited to be having him on the show. Um, I had Slammer on not too long ago, and this is a guy that he talked about, and I am really excited. I talked to him on Facebook the other day to make sure that he was good to come on, and uh, he said he is excited to be on the show. So make sure that you tune back in next week so you can hear that episode with Kurt Gannon. It will be a lot of fun, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of stories to tell. I've got some really cool people coming up. Uh, I've got some that I have to reschedule that I've told you guys about that I'm going to be doing. Um, Family things come up. I've had some family things come up. Uh, The person that I'm talking about has had some family issues come up as well. And so we're kind of rescheduling things and everything. So don't worry. Those people that I've told you about coming on the show, they are still coming. We just have to kind of move some dates around and things like that due to personal issues that are going on and things in life. Like I like to tell people whenever they do have to cancel on me, life happens, you know, and you've kind of just got to go with the flow sometimes. Um, but yeah, I am excited about all the guests that I am going to be having on. I am almost booked up through May. Now I've got all kinds of guests and I'm going to try to break it up instead of being 80% wrestling. I'm trying to make it maybe 50% wrestling. (laughs) I've got, Every other week scheduled, you know, I've I've got plenty of people in wrestling because I love, 
love, love wrestling. So I'm going to try to break it up, put some other things in there as well. I've got people from all walks of life that are planning on being on the show, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear them. And uh, yeah, so make sure that you are tuning in every week. That way you can hear all these great episodes. If you guys would like to follow me online, you can do so by going to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Those are my three main ones. Um, I'm on other ones like Hive and TikTok and Snapchat as well. But if you want to find me, just go and search If You Give a Data Podcast. It is at iGadap on Facebook. It is at Give a Data Podcast on Instagram. It is at DadPodcast11 on Twitter and on Hive. Um, I believe that the Snapchat and the TikTok is at iGadap as well. Follow me on any of those. Um, sure to be a good time. I'm looking to do some more things here in the future. I am going to be having mugs coming out. On one side it will say, hello all my beautiful people. And on the other side it will have my logo. So if you guys are wanting to do that, you can start placing orders with me here soon on that. I will also be having t-shirts that you can order through me directly. Send me a message and tell me what size you want. Um, they'll be on white shirts with my logo. So yeah, reach out and try to get those. Also, I'm going to be having some stickers coming as well. So I will be announcing those here soon. And when I do, I'll put the prices out there. And then once I announce them, then you can start ordering them if you want to support this awesome thing that I have going on here, I would love to have you do it. If you want to send me an email, you can do so by sending it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. I love interacting with all of you. Whenever I get a message, it always puts a smile on my face. So yeah, reach out. Tell me what you think of the show. Whether you like it, whether you don't, let me know what you think. And as I'm saying that, go out there and rate and review this episode. Let me know for sure what you think. Go out and give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, five star, one star, whatever it is. Just let me know what you think of the episode. I love hearing from you guys, and I can't wait to bring you more content. I want to give a shout out to my podcast network, the OIW Podcast Network. They have all kinds of shows on there from wrestling to retro video games to... Star Wars talk, anything that you can think of, they've got it on there. They've got my show as well as plenty of other ones that do pop culture talk and all kinds of other things. So go out there and check them out. I will have a link to them in my show notes. Also, I want to give a shout out to the man who created my ending theme song for me, D-Cure. If you like the way that sounds, go out and look up his music. I post his stuff all the time on my Instagram and Facebook and things like that. He is awesome when it comes to making music, and I love supporting this guy. Like I said, he created my ending theme song for me, so he's a pretty cool dude in my book. And if you like what you hear, go and check him out. I'll have a link to him in my show notes. Just stay tuned. Keep listening. I've got some great episodes coming. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited to see what happens with iGadap. So, yeah, I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time.
podcast on He calls us beautiful people Then tells us who we have on The best part of my day The world blocked out in my pods Tell my friends all about it So that they follow along And the host is kinda nerdy But guess what I am as well I don't feel so alone And I began walking out of my shell Heard a story I need a connection I haven't felt I'll be looking for the next one Tell then farewell It's the podcast for me Have it on better go see Closely download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on better go see and listen closely. Download and tune in remotely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.